man, and sport. A timeless means of entertainment. Some men hit home runs. Others are curb stumped. Some win Cy Youngs. Others get dunked on. Some men become MVPs. Others have 70 saves in a game. But your stats won't matter here. Here we discuss the issues. Search the hearts of men and judge in vivid detail. Only raw takes will do. This is sports analysis. This is Sports Unchained. This is Sportico! Hey guys, Sporticus is all over social media. You can find us on Rockfin. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Anchor, Twitter, and Patreon. All under Sporticus or Sporticus Live. Come holla at us. I don't know if it's if they do it to everybody or to just some of them, but I feel like their philosophy is basically they hire you. And then they just sit you somewhere and they just keep telling you over and over and over that this million dollar corporation that paid you a lot of money as long as you followed their script just completely they mistreated you. They're like, no, actually, nothing they did for you was good. Nothing they did for you was good. And and they just keep saying it to the point where you're forced to believe it because you don't want your paymasters to be upset. Like, I feel like that's what they do. Now, I granted, some of these guys did not get great opportunities, but then I look at some of them and I wonder what their definition of a great opportunity is. Like, for example, yeah. uh, but like Brody Lee, when you were Luke Harper, you were part of one of the hottest groups that ever came in. Because Beat the Wyatt, shield. Yeah, legitimate wins. Yes, yes, exactly. He did that. He had a run as the Intercontinental Champion. They looked like they were going to try to push him as a singles guy. And then he never was able to stay healthy. No, that's not his fault or the company's fault, but that's what happened. And then he left. And now he's like acting like they never get like, dude, they gave you a great shot. You just weren't able to be there for it. You missed the biggest part. He was tag team champions and he was put over very strong as a tag team champion with everyone. Yes, he was. Bludgeon Brothers beat the shit out of all the big tag teams there. All of them. Even New Day. They whooped their ass. I think they beat them for the title and beat the shit out of them. Like, they yeah. ran, they steamrolled all of the competition to the point where I was like, well, damn. They looked strong. I was like, well, who? You know, and they're great wrestlers. I was like, okay, who? who's next? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I mean, they were, they were the Brock Lesnar's of the tag division, and then he had gotten hurt. He's yeah. not even thinking of a promo either. He's not bad. He did great promos with the Wyatt family. People, I hate when people say 
I think it was Jericho actually that said, oh, at least he's not playing some stupid hillbilly. I was like, he never played a stupid hillbilly, you clown. And he was doing <laughs> it on the indies before, before he even got to WWE. That's what he that's what he looked like as Luke Harper. That's who he was, you know. Um, but he was a psychological, he, you know, he, he was he engaged in psychological warfare and he was just as capable as Bray Wyatt, if not more capable, because he got a title. If I'm not mistaken, he got his IC title before Bray yeah. Wyatt won his WWE championship. Yeah, no, that's definitely true. Yeah. yeah, so I mean, like they they always framed him as a highly capable individual, and until they let the Rock get you know just stomp out Eric Rowan, but like the the Wyatt family was always top tier uh, uh, guys. I, I get I get that you know Bray Wyatt lost a lot, but like it was it wasn't it it just kind of how the you know the cookie crumble is unfortunate you know because like your heel your heel's supposed to take a lot of a lot of losses you want to see the heel get his ass kicked and then they do like the miz you know <laughs> yeah yeah you know you know so he lost a lot but it, it's it's just unfortunate and then they put they try to say oh well you know luke harper was uh trash because of that i'm like no what's trash is him being a bitter bitch and and talking <laughs> about ex every time we go out to eat you know, oh, Vince McMahon did this. And he people say, he's not doing the Vince McMahon stuff anymore. I'm like, why the fuck is he wearing suits? Why is he wearing <laughs> Vince McMahon suits? Like, why is he doing that then? Just like Vince McMahon used to do. Like, we know he's doing that. And since you didn't watch AEW, uh, I'm going to just ask you a couple little questions. Like, did you hear about the lawnmowers? No. I, I'm, wait, I'm sorry. What, one more time. What is, it, what, is this you're, what is this you're asking me about? <laughs> yeah, see, did you hear about the lawnmowers? No, I didn't hear about the lawnmowers. So apparently, well, it, and Chris Jericho says, I, yeah, I don't know what the lawnmowers are about. <laughs> like, he says that. The Dark Order comes out, you know, and uh, they look like complete dorks. They're in a, being the elite now, I, I suppose. I don't know why. That's fucking stupid and very, it's extremely stupid to do. It breaks all of their mystique. And they they shouldn't be breaking the fourth wall like that, you know. You could do a couple segments here and there in being the elite and break the fourth wall with like one or two people, and that could be funny. But you just take the whole fucking beat, you know, the whole dark order, and just break kayfabe with them in being the elite. And uh, so anyway, they were on Dynamite this Thursday, and by the way, they lost viewers. But, uh, you know, they want dynamite this Thursday and they come out and even Uno's talking about why they that they bought six new brand new lawnmowers, like riding lawnmowers. And me and my buddy Panda, are like, what the fuck is this about? And they never explained it. He just said, we bought six new lawnmowers and the lawnmowers were there on the stage with them, like scattered throughout the arena or whatever. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, what does this, you know, like, are they referencing something? Don't know if they were because I don't watch being elite, nor do I want to. And they just did it and then never explained it. And I was like, oh, okay, now I'm not going to ever take you seriously. Like, I was like, that's the last <laughs> entire, entire show won't be taken seriously until you just stop being buffoons about it. So that, <laughs> that was the lawnmower thing. I was like, okay, lawnmowers, riding lawnmowers. Nobody got it. Nobody understood it, and then they had the worst women's match 
oh my god, of all time, Rebel is she got to stop. She's got to <laughs> stop. I mean, she shouldn't have started apparently, but like, oh my god, no, dude, she she's supposed to get this top rope, her Karana, and she just dove off of it super late. I was like, what are you doing? You just did a swanton to yourself. And it and then Penelope Ford botches the very first move in the match. The very first move. It's botched horribly. And you know how bad Penelope Ford botches. It's fuck. Uh, it was bad, dude. So you didn't miss anything. The first 35 minutes of it was a wrestling show. And then MJF came out and did a WWE segment and talked for way too long. And Mr. PWI. Man of the Year, John Moxley came out, and, and he didn't make that segment any better at all. Um, so that's my lead into John Moxley. What do you, how do you feel about the uh, John Moxley, old John Moxley being number one, the number one wrestler? Uh, well, um, not that I ever had much to begin with, but I officially now have very little to no respect for the PWI rankings. Um, <laughs> because the last couple of years, it actually made sense, right? Like, for example, when they had Roman Reigns as number one, there were a lot of people who disagreed with that. Yeah, I do too. I know, I, I know you did. But <laughs> as far as what they did with him and how he achieved it, in my personal opinion, I could see the logic behind it. John Moxley, I see no logic of why he's the best. I don't. And it just, it, it is official. There is some sort of implicit bias towards everything AEW oh, just yeah, it's because is. it's AEW. And I can't, yes. that, that's never how because you see, like, you, the you, first you and thing I they say, you and I do he, this for a living. You can't judge this product. You can't judge this industry like that. You can't just say, hey, if it comes from here, it's good just because it's from here. No, you just can't. And unfortunately, it's bled into the PWI, which is just such a shame. Now, I understand New Japan. I get that. Now, I also think there's some political crap going on here because WWE effectively never stopped doing shows. They had no audience. They were doing, yeah. they got a lot of flack for, you know, not caring about COVID or whatever the heck they but said. But AEW did the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, I know. AEW did the same know. thing. <laughs> And they don't get any other flag for it, you know. And people no, say, it "Sure, was... they do." I'm like, "No, they get a couple people on no. Twitter that that don't that aren't loud enough, you know, the vocal minority or whatever." Like, and there's a lot of people who say, "Oh, wear your mask, social distance, blah blah blah," but they always quiet when it comes to AEW. I'm like, you know, they breaking the fuck out of those rules and laws. And there was a couple people. Who, <laughs> Yeah, right. There's not even a law. I'm just saying, you know. But they, it was a couple of people that uh, tested positive in WWE, and then they, you know, Brian Alvarez goes, oh, wait, wait till the shitstorm really hits. Absolutely not. One more peep came out of WWE at all about anyone testing positive for any fucking thing. You know? Yeah. I don't even think they took a fucking math test. You know, like huh. after that. My, yeah. my point is, the first thing that they said about John Moxley, and you can just pick, you can just Google or or you search for John Moxley on Twitter and PWI. Anybody who defends him being number one, the very first thing they say is he left WWE, and I'll go there. You go. I say actually, that's I get what you're saying, but that's kind of stupid 
They say he left the biggest wrestling company in the world. I should go stop there. Why the fuck did he do that? Like, I mean, because if, <laughs> because if, if Roman Reigns is on that list and I'm supposed to justify that, then I cannot justify John Moxley leaving, going to a far less, far less promotion. Let's be for yeah. real. Let's be for real. Like, yeah. if we gonna be for real, yes, Roman Reigns is the most popular person in all of the Shield. Yes, he is. And then probably Seth is second, and then Moxley third. And there's reasons for that. It's, it's the way they work. It's, it's their finishers as well, to be honest. It's just a lot of things uh, that go into that. Not just uh, what fucking company. They all work for the same company. You know what I mean? So they were yeah. all on this even. And John, John Moxley was the one that was the uh, the mouthpiece for them. So he should have more people, but he doesn't. He doesn't want to be this leading man, right? That's what he he didn't want that in WWE. He just wanted to wrestle. Hey, all I want to do is wrestle and do what I want to do. Okay, you're the fucking leading man for a company now, though. You were talking shit about how you didn't want the WWE title. Now you have the world title for another company. And all people are basing this off of is he left WWE and got a belt somewhere else. Well, no shit. I mean, there's anybody <laughs> could do that. Like, it just doesn't make any real sense. Now, if you want to talk about his work rate, sure. And, and sure, I'll give you his accomplishments. I don't want to take this away from him. But here's where it gets sketchy as fuck. Um, Naito was below him. How hmm. the fuck is Naito below him? Let's be real. Yeah, the fir first... First ever double champion in New Japan history. Yeah, how the fuck is Naito? Because Naito's story was being told at that time. How in the fuck is Naito not above him? Oh, yeah. he made he made history with this company, and all John Moxley did was leave WWE. That's his yeah. first fucking thing on his resume. Oh, I left WWE, and oh man, you're higher, you know. But he and then huh. Jericho's third disgusting because he didn't do shit. if you want to talk about what he did for aew i actually might give you that but he ain't gonna be third because in ring and like other shit he can't be up there at third not above naito not even close to you know uh adam cole who is two adam cole's number two and then people say oh well they don't count the nxt as a world championship i'm like well okay if that's one of their credentials and i don't know if that's true or not how the fuck is he even number two? Because all of his yeah. shit is NXT stuff. That doesn't make sense. He's been in NXT for years. How the fuck could he possibly be number two if NXT shit doesn't count? Just yeah, lie no, to me. Yeah. It's, and it's, then Cody well, I, I would look at this like you look at the NFL draft. Like somebody gets picked number one overall, and you might sit there and go, that was a bad decision. I don't agree with that at all. And this is, I'm basically trying to piggyback on what you said because usually you don't want to take away from any of anything that he's done. That's how I'm looking at this. It's like a number one draft pick. I'm not going to take away everything you've done in college. You were a great player. As a, I just think it was a mistake to put you at number one. But so, the fact is, they put you at number one. So I'm going to act as if you're number one. But here's the other thing about the 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 international or online wrestling community that really bugs me. Moxley got put number one by PWI. A lot of people touted that. A lot of people said, how great is this? I guarantee you they don't watch him as closely as they should. I'm sorry, but when you get picked as the number one wrestler on the planet for the year, I guess it was for the year of 2019 or something, 
if, yeah, they, if, if yeah. yeah, if it's if you're number one, that means in 2020, I want to make sure you act like a number one. And he doesn't. He doesn't act like a number one. He, Adam Cole that, acts like a number one. That was one. my freaking. That was my thing. He never wanted to be number one. He never yeah. wanted to be that. I just want to wrestle, and it's all so dark and brooding. It's you know I can respect him. At the same time, I don't have to respect everything around him. I don't. If you're gonna say you don't want to be the number one guy, I don't know why the fuck you had that company's title around your fucking uh, shoulders, around your waist, you know, yeah. and on your shoulder. Like that don't make sense. You explicitly was like, oh, I just want to wrestle. But you're not even, he's not even doing a ton of matches. Like, he wrestles, like, <laughs> for real. Like, he only has title matches now, really. I mean, but he's not he's not wrestling a lot. His work rate has went down dramatically. And, and, and you can just cut out the whole Renee Young shit because that happened, like, fairly recently. And guess what? He wasn't wrestling anyway. And people wanted yeah. to make it a big deal. Oh, man, you know, uh. You know, WWE fucked up and got Renee, you know, she got COVID because of them and he can't wrestle because I'm like, he hadn't wrestled in over a month because of that any fucking way. (laughs) So it it doesn't really make any real sense when you stack it up. I mean, Cody being at number seven, like I say, if you want to talk about Moxley didn't do shit for AEW really, except he debuted at Double or Nothing. That's all he did for them. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Oh, he brought all these viewers. He didn't bring over a million viewers. He didn't bring shit with him. And we can see that with the weekly numbers. That's why I do my weekly article on them and their um, their ratings war. I skipped this week because it's actually not a war. But skip this week and last week because there's no war. And I'm going to skip the week after that, uh, this coming week, because they're not going head to head. And it's just all wrong. You know, they're getting what they're getting. But it, now we can see that it, they're getting about the same numbers. Uh, NXT went up, AEW went down, and they're both at like 800,000 viewers. That's who watches both programs. Don't be fooled by it. Whenever it goes up and down, it doesn't matter. They got 800,000 fans max. (laughs) That's about it, you know? And to be fair, to be fair, NXT went over a million twice without AEW. That was before they premiered. So they went over a million twice. AEW has never went over a million again. People say well, they got super close. Nope, don't close. <laughs> that mean they did, motherfucker. They didn't have the one point that all one point zero something or one point whatever. That's over a million. They got point nine. That's not yeah. a million. No, I, I I think what's very interesting to me though about AEW is in these weeks where it has not been head to head, according to because I just asked the rest of the folks in my network what happens because I don't watch it. I've it's actually now become my reputation and part of my show. I, I think it was, uh, I forget who it was, but somebody in my network actually said on their show, they were like, hey, so we're going to talk about AEW right now. And this is when our friend Gil from Top of the Rope Wrestling decides to fast forward our show until we move on because he has made a concerted effort to not pay any attention to AEW <laughs> whatsoever. Yeah. And I'm like, yes, I'm very, I'm very proud to do that as well. But what I what I've heard from them is that their shows have dropped off when it is not when it's not been head to head, and WWE shows or NXT shows have ramped up when it's not head to head because yeah. they've been in the television business forever. Oh, we're not head to head. We actually have our own slot for professional wrestling. Let's do something people don't expect so we can get more people to tune in. Now, I don't know how you're going to top SmackDown because I know we're going to talk about that gigantic reveal that happened at the end of the show later. 
But I'm, I'm so glad I watched it. But, <laughs> I almost but, didn't. When it comes to the potential Wednesday night wars, when like they're, they're, like NXT is going to be on Tuesday this week, they're going to ramp up yes. so much shit for that, and then AEW is going to be on regular Wednesday. I guarantee you, they take a step back. They'll give Moxley the night off. They'll make sure Brian Cage doesn't wrestle. He'll just walk out there with Taz's title and stand there and look pretty. I guarantee you, they will <laughs> scale things back because they don't feel the need to step up. And this is coming from someone who is a part of this generation. That is the most millennial shit I have ever seen. Oh, our competition isn't going the same time we are. We don't need to try that hard. No. Yeah. When your competition that's what isn't they do. going, that's when you step on the gas and you try to beat them. That's why WWE yeah. has kicked your ass from the start. That's why. So You're, I, yeah. it's just, I don't know, but I agree with you. They've never broken a million. I feel like they're really taking a step back. And quite frankly, with the benefit of hindsight, somebody in my network brought this up. I want to bring this up with you because I think they were correct. And I'm sure you might agree with me here. The first ever TNT champion should have been Lance Archer. Yeah. He's, oh, he oh, he seems they got completely hurt by that, useless yeah. now. Once he, he lost that match, he's just this big hunk of man that beats up everyone because he's bigger. That's it. You, you're more of a big goon in AEW than WWE ever wanted to make you. It's ridiculous because look, Vinny Mac loves to do that. Vinny Mac loves to get guys that are six, seven in between two eighty and three fifteen, and just make them big goons that don't say yeah, much. That beat people no, up. But he, but used, he knows but how they, to work. But they're used well. Look at Kane. He was yeah. ju- he was literally that. But Kane was spawned from another big fucker that like WWE does big men right. If Brian oh, Cage was over there, he would fucking be destroying. He, although he is not, you know, very tall. He would still be used like he was fucking seven feet tall. He'd still yeah. be used like that. He'd be balling people up. He would be like Big E's used really well. Like, uh, and I know you can tell Vince likes Big E, but like he would be in the Big E category, but even even more so because he's more toned and he just he just looks more built. He is more built. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, I I you know Lance when 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 Lance Archer didn't squash Cody. People would like that was a mistake. A lot of people would like uh, so many people, and I way more people than I thought it would be, you know. But the majority, the consensus was no, they should have went with Lance Archer, and he, and and then even more people would like Lance should have squashed him. So when Brody Lee squashes him, they go, why the fuck didn't they do that with Lance Archer? Now Lance Archer doesn't have any direction. He's gonna bump heads. He's now gonna bump heads with Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, which doesn't make sense. They, I mean. Dude, when it comes to AEW and how they utilize big man, let me go down this list for you. And I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make some, <laughs> I'm gonna make some start. You're gonna have, some, you're, you're gonna lose your fucking mind when <laughs> I tell you who's been booked the best in AEW. Like as far as their their overarching story, their, their story arc is great, and they're they're much better than the big man around them and that they faced. Uh, he's on the he's on the list. By the way, he's an AEW guy. He is on the list. He's he's on the PWI list. He's like a hundred and something too, it, or maybe two hundred. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Jeff Cobb. That was the first guy they brought in to uh, face Moxley. He was brought in as some 
hulking monster, right? Like a monster in the uh-huh. Indies. Beat him. And then we never heard from him again. Yep. Then Wartlow goes, uh, doing Black History Month, whips Cody. This black wife comes out there crying over his whipped back. I'll never forget that. I'll never forgive him for it. Don't need to, because that's just, man, you talk about gross oversight. It was <laughs> just, uh, t- it was tone deaf as fuck. And they'll just defend it. That's all they'll do. They'll defend it. It was, it was, it was offensive in the way that, because I don't get offended, but it was, it was offended in the way that you just didn't even care how it looked, you know? <laughs> yeah. But, um, so Wardlow loses his debut match to Cody in a cage. Okay. So Wardlow buried. Uh, Luchasaurus had lost every fucking thing he's been in, right? So he's been buried. Um, then you bring in, I guess, Lance Archer is the next guy. He loses um, his big match. Brody Lee. He loses his big match, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I, we, we just lining them up, and they all losing. Oh, I'm sorry. Before Brody Lee challenged uh, John Moxley, Jake Hager challenged John Moxley and lost. And then he, Jake Hager also lost to Cody uh, for his title. So, boom, he got buried, significantly buried. Uh, then Brody Lee loses, like I say. And then um, you bring in, the last big guy you bring in is Brian Cage. And we all go, oh, well, they're not going to do it this time. The reason they kept burying monsters is because they want a specific monster for this, right? Nope. Yep. He loses too. And they buried the fuck out of him because Taz throws in the towel for the machine. That's just the worst booking you could possibly <laughs> think of. He's a fucking yeah. machine. He should have the, the ref should have had to stop it. If if anything should have been just straight up stopped, like hell in a cell, it should have been this one. See? It's the, I just made hell in a cell look like it made sense hey, with this I- booking. As the as one of the only people on the planet that actually attempted to justify the Hell in a Cell finish, because I did not have that much of a problem with it, I hear exactly what you mean, and I think you're right. Um, it's I I just I don't understand. You have all these big guys. You're making all the big guys. You're just feeding them to Moxley one after another, and I think it's because they don't want the, con- the the concept of this completely unstoppable big man because they all worked in WWE or around it at some point and they just hate it and they know that they're that that the cult part of their fan base that quarter of a million people you and I talk about all the time that cult base that is never going to leave <laughs> they yeah. they hate that the idea one they 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 vampires suck the life out of and money yes. out of and, and that's this disgusting is, and this is why I appreciate how Vince McMahon does business even more because AEW has all those guys you've listed. What was that? Five, six, maybe seven guys that have all gotten buried that could have been these unstoppable monsters. What does Vince have? Vince has one. Vince creates a crazed clown that is the alter ego of the host of a kid's puppet show yeah. that no sells everything. And it looks like a million fucking dollars. And he makes it, it's, and then AEW has all these giant guys that keep losing to John Moxley. Look again, I'm with you. Moxley's a talented enough guy. He's a, he, he's, he's got a good enough work rate. It has slowed. You're correct. He should have lost to Brian but, Cage. He should have easily lost to him. Yeah, you, but he has to put your new guys over, and then they didn't. They gave him Taz's belt. It's like, oh, he's a joke now. Okay. Well, I, I just because to me, I look at who is champion 
in certain situations. Like on, on SmackDown, the champion is a crazed clown, okay? On, on Raw, <laughs> the champion is a giant Scottish guy who, like, finds his motivation from how long it took him to get here, and he looks like he would legitimately strap up with a sword to fight you. Like, that's who their, their two world champions are right now. AEW's world champion is what the model of a champion for WWE used to be. It's a somewhat muscular white guy that's good in the ring. That's it. There's really nothing special about Moxley's yeah. character. He's just a little bit crazier than usual. That's all it really is. And I think that lack of extreme is what's always killed AEW. It's so many times it's just a guy in tights. So many times. Why do you think Orange Cassidy is such a hit? Because he's not just a guy he's, in tights. Yeah. That's why. Why do you think that one chick who's been on Dark and Dynamite a few times, I think her name is like, it, it starts with an A, and she's got like the freaky makeup. Uh, and uh, Abaddon. Yes, Abaddon. Why do you think she's such a big hit? Because she's not just a chick in wrestling gear. That's what, like, Britt Baker can cut a decent enough promo. But at the end of the day, she's just a chick in wrestling know. gear. Yeah, just, I get... well, I mean, that's if you want to debate her promos, that's fine. I'm not going to fight that debate, it's fine, but still, <laughs> right. at the end of the day, you're just a, it's a bunch of people in wrestling gear that are trying to prove they're better than the other person. Now, it's not that WWE doesn't have those guys, but that extreme is what brings it up. Like, for example, on SmackDown, AJ Styles confronted Jeff Hardy, and then Hardy had an open challenge match for the secondary title of the show with Shinsuke Nakamura. So all in one segment, you have a regular Southern guy in tights versus a dude in crazy face paint and half golf material and the Japanese version of Michael Jackson. Yeah. That gives me a reason to tune in. AEW They're super is diverse. Very it's extremely just three diverse. guys. AEW is just three guys in tights. <laughs> okay. Like, I don't like this. I know who you are, but there's nothing, there's nothing special about any of you. So nothing. You know. Even the Dark Order isn't special. Like well, I mean, and then why is he wearing a suit? Aren't you supposed to be like the creepy guys in the back? Why right. are you acting like you run it? <laughs> be, because he's supposed to be some Vince McMahon, uh, you know, parody. And it's like, dude, you broke up with your ex like six months ago. Would you relax? Stop going out on dates and talking about your ex. That's, <laughs> that's what he's doing. I mean, like that's exactly what that is. You know. Yeah. Uh, but so. With all that said about those big guys, right? <laughs> Who did you? Oh, name is this person's in on on this PWI list? He's in the top two hundred. Name the name name the guy, and I'll give you like I don't know four guesses. But name the guy <laughs> that's been booked better than all of those guys I named to you. He's faced. Uh, he tag teams with one of them, and he's faced uh, two of them. He tag teams with one of them, and he's faced, faced with two. two. All of these big guys I named, he's faced two of them. Um, I'm trying to think of who it is you are referring to. Man. Um, okay. I got to – man, that's a – It's only a few names. You could throw yeah, out Jungle Boy. You could throw out MJF. Think about who I named. So it's nobody associated with Jeff yeah. Cobb. You know, yeah, um, no. it had to be somebody. I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you. Marco okay. Stunt. <laughs> that's, Number 182 that, on the list. That's, I mean, he has been booked 
pretty well. It, it, uh, oh, oh, better than you would think. Getting his ass kicked, but that's because it makes sense. Who didn't get squashed against Brody Lee? Who got in more offense against Brody Lee than Cody did? Marco fucking stunt. Who, when he got approached by Lance Archer, this hulking monster said, fuck you, get out of my face. I don't care. I'll face you anywhere. Marco stunt. Yep. He's the only guy that does. He's the only baby face that's booked consistently and booked well. He's booked better than John Moxley. I'm not going to lie to you. He's the best book guy in the entire company because of who he is. He doesn't win matches, but actually that's, that makes sense too, right? Uh, I should. I'll, it, it does. I'll, I'll, here's what I'll, I'm, I'm not going to completely disagree about the, the best booked because I agree with you. He's the best booked baby face in the company. I don't know if he's the best booked overall. My first inkling there would probably be MJF. Now, granted, he's a heel, but I think the way that they're handling him at the moment is probably the better way to handle him. Because, I would say yes, you know, but he's just now getting a title shot. He should have already had the title. He should have been the inaugural champ, to be real with you, him or Hangman. But he's yeah. just now getting his title shot. That's mm. why the booking with him is off. Because he's undefeated, in, um, he's undefeated, yet he's just now getting the title shot. It's took, taken an entire year, and they've already went through two different sets of rankings. That's fucked up. Now, Marco Stunt, and it's by default, I will admit that, it's by default. He, has, he is overall booked the best because he's the smallest. He shouldn't be winning anything. You know, he's in tag, tag matches and stuff like that. But he has a better showing in a fucking match with Brody Lee. Then Cody does. Cody got in zero offense and got his ass whooped. Marco Stunt at least <laughs> punched the guy. You know, yeah. Marco Stunt tried some shit. Yeah, no, I, I hear. I don't know. I, 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 I feel like the difference is right now that if you put AEW and WWE in front of a house on fire, WWE would call the fire department, and AEW would text all their buddies and say, "What do I do?" And, and what I mean by that is the simple solution is probably the correct one because wrestlers are like actors in the fact that they typecast themselves. There are certain things that they do very well at. Yeah. WWE lets you play the character that they believe you are the best at. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. If you don't like it, you don't like it. But they let you play the character that they believe you're the best at. Like, for example, when Tommaso Ciampa came into NXT with Johnny Gargano, he played babyface as they were team DIY, and it was great. But everybody knew that at a certain point he was going to turn heel because we all watched him on the indies, and we know what an amazing heel he is. And we knew it was coming because that's the best that he can be. And, I, and that's they're naturally going to do it. Uh, here in New Japan, unfortunately, he lost this morning, spoiler alert, but they had evil as a double champion. And how did he win it? By actually being evil, finally. Yeah. Before he was evil, the mystique with the big scythe and everything, but he worked yeah. babyface with LIJ. So how did he win it? By actually acting evil. And New Japan gets that. They typecasted it. That's why I'm mad Lance Archer. Wait, ever they had him drop the title already? I mean, he dropped yes. one? He only dropped one. No, though. no, he dropped both of them. To who? To Naito. This no, morning again. Okay, 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 okay. Yes. This I mean, morning, I don't so... keep. Uh, granted, I don't keep up with New Japan. No, no, no. Like, no I, I do. But, when news yeah. come across the news feed, like when something happens in New Japan, like I saw Naito. I, 
Naito won both belts. I was like, no, that didn't happen. That's impossible. <clears throat> that's never happened. That's that doesn't even sound like New Japan. But like, I like what they've been doing. Historically, they always yeah. keep they they hold up their their uh, heavyweight division all the time. It's always oh, held yeah. up, and then they just unclogged it and said, "Fuck it, nope, you're gonna lose whenever we say." And I was like, "Yeah, sure, that motherfuckers lose." Well, <laughs> you know, I, I, Okada I, I, I dropped think, it. I was yeah. Well, I, I think what happened with Okada is is Okada dropped it to Kenny Omega, and then Omega dropped it back to. You know, and then Omega dropped it back to Okada. Yeah, and I think what Omega happened is as champion. the 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 ratings while Omega was champion were actually pretty good for them. They got a lot of good numbers when he was champion. I agree with you. I think he could have been better, but they, they got good numbers when he was champion. And then he left to go start AEW, so he dropped it to Okada. And I think Gato kind of freaked out. And said, I need to get the title on another non-Japanese guy. And that's why he got himself behind Jay White. And it kind of worked, but not really. And then he put it back on Okada. Uh, Then they made all the money in the world with Naito chasing the title. Uh, Naito won the G1, got the championship. Good for him. Then he lost it to Evil. And I think that was a shake-up because they just came back from COVID. So they wanted to shake it up. So they did. Now yeah, they're kind of getting back. Now they're kind of getting back in line. Evil's part of Bullet Club. And at a certain point, Jay White and uh Jay White, G-O-D, Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, all these other guys that were in the Bullet Club are going to start to be able to come back to wrestle again. And I think that's why they're booking a double champion right now is because they know they don't have a full roster. So, they, they're, yeah. so they're booking a double champion for the sake of that. But it also, you said they unclogged the pipe. They just did that last night, too, with the never open weight because they had Suzuki beat Shingo for it. Yeah. I mean, talk about that. That means Suzuki yeah. can redo every match he's ever yeah. had because there's a title on the line now. It was a yep. brilliant call to open up your booking. So and, and, I, and that's all they needed for me. Uh, so I downloaded like maybe last week. I downloaded the New Japan uh, app. Never did it because I. I mean, not that I didn't really care. It's just I watched so much wrestling already that it's uh-huh. just not a priority for me. But my thing is, damn, I need to get on this because shit is really changing. Like there's been some yeah. really historical moments in New Japan during my, uh, you know, while I've been watching. Um, while I've been covering sports professionally, you know, so I'm like, man, I got to get on this because I can't miss this train. You know, uh, oh, I, I'm no, glad it's a, I'm, it's a great one to be on, man. I will, I will gladly, I will glad you help you, <laughs> gladly help you jump back, j- jump, jump back in that pool, man. It's a, yeah. it's a good one to be on. They, they do a fantastic job, and they are very willing to work with what they've got. Like I think that's it. Like I think Gato's like I basically have 20 guys right now. How do I book a whole story with 20 guys? Because I'm gonna get my other, I'm gonna get my other 20 in a month or so when they can travel yeah. again. But right now I got 20 guys. How do I book it? I, I, I think that I think that overall wrestling is about to get really, well, really, really good. It's about to be <laughs> the best it's been for a long time mm-hmm. over on SmackDown. But I want to say this before we get into SmackDown. Uh, this is how I was gonna segue. I was gonna segue into NXT actually, but let's just go into SmackDown. But former uh, former guys that were on main roster uh, WWE, uh, I wanted to point out that Marco Stunt is 182, right? And yep. 
Luke Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson are two hundred three and two hundred four, so he's a better wrestler than them. I just want to <laughs> anger you even further. I mean, it's well, it's other people up there. Samoa Joe is also uh, two hundred seven. Uh, uh, well, I I don't know. I mean, Swerve Scott's I mean, one hundred ninety one, so he's not he's not better than Marco Stunt either. <laughs> well, I, I don't know. I. <laughs> I, I, as far as far as Gallows and Anderson, I mean, they got hired in TNA, and uh, good for them. Uh, I, I think it's going to be fun. I, I, I might have a reason to tune in now. I got to be honest. If the Good Brothers are rolling around, um, also they've completely and utterly bought in. Like Carl Anderson tweeted about the Thunderdome, and he just said, "I hope it fails fucking miserably," <laughs> or something like that. Kinda, and, I don't like I don't like the bitter ex shit. I mean, you don't well, have no, to say I, anything. I, I, I don't. I just, want I, him I, to stop. I just don't want them to talk about their old relationship you know what i mean it's like yeah you know, no, I, I understand you know but it's just old brody leader yeah. used up all the fucking you know juice when it comes to that <laughs> yeah. yeah no i don't know i i think he was just trying to be funny in the moment i understand right. where he's getting at you know you get hired somewhere else let's take a jab but i i think that's you know good for them they'll they'll i'm sure they gave them a good deal they'll let them have the work right that they want to work at so you know uh, it also shows me, you know, I mean, I, I don't really keep, uh, I don't keep track of impact either. Um, but somebody in my network is Mr. Impact, quite frankly. And he's, according to him, they're doing a good enough job, but I don't know. Full disclosure, when I watch impact, I feel like it's a half a step slower or something. Like it just, it yeah. just seems like they're not in. You're sync. right. It's production. It seems it's a production like it. Thing. Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I, now, here's the thing. While I'm saying that, as odd as this might sound, I know that I'm wrong. <laughs> I, I know for a fact that they are not a half a step behind. It just seems like they are to me. It's very weird. So I, I don't know. I don't want to question. I mean, they have some talent. I like Sammy Callahan. Impact's like better than AEW. Impact's uh, been better than AEW. AEW yeah, uh, well, yeah. actually took the throne from them. Like, People will say, oh, but look at their ratings and shit. I'm like, I don't give a fuck about their ratings. I'm telling you the show that they're putting on. The Tell the Better Show with uh, uh, Jordan Grace and um, no, I don't know why I'm forgetting her name that took the title from her. But they're telling such a better story from because uh, she took the title from Talia Valkyrie and stuff like that. I mean, we have a women's division over there. There's the real... <laughs> With Deanna Perrazzo, right? She took, and then she took the, you know, she came and just pretty much squashed Jordan Grace, not squashed her, but it may as well have been that she beat her uh, definitively, you know. Um, So they have just, just their women's division alone puts them above AEW, but they have a cohesive story that they're telling with everybody. EC3 changing up his character, even though he didn't need to. I love it. I'm like, yes. Yeah. They got they got new they got fresh blood they got new talent they got old talent and they're utilizing all of it correctly. Now the Russell House shit is silly, but that's kind of what you got to do. You got to tape some shit. Yeah. I get it. I understand it. I think I think it was one of the worst. The first episode was one of the worst things I ever saw in my life. I'm not gonna lie. I was like, oh my god, no! Like, please don't do this again. But I was like, well, what else are they gonna do? So I have to accept it. As much as terrible as I thought it was, I'm actually going to accept it 100. percent Even though I don't want to ever watch it again, <laughs> I might have to because I yeah. have to understand this is all they can do at the moment with people that they have. You know, and they got Kylie Ray up there who uh, made the list. She's like 78 or something like that. And I don't know why this list doesn't have a lot of women on it or like 
Becky and stuff, but I, I don't really want to go into it on here because we can talk about that all day. Yeah. But yeah, that's another reason why this list is just like, I mean, my boy, shout out to Sean Dean, he's on there. Uh, but man, I, if we're really talking about this list, he's a better athlete than Marco Stunt. That's not taking a certain, that's not taking one single fucking thing away from Marco Stunt. It's just that, you know, who's booked where? And I'm like, why ain't they booked? You know, my boy's like 0 and 12. <laughs> on AEW Dark. I mean, like, sure, he's facing high-level competition, which is great, but at the same time, it's like, you just burying all your indie talent. And then, how are they really going to get put on? You know, you could give them a win over Marco Sun. You can give them a win over, not Jungle Boy, but like Brandon Cutler, you know? Uh, Peter yeah. Avalon's on the fucking list. <laughs> Marco Sun's definitely better. How is Peter Avalon and, and Brandon Cutler, uh, maybe Brandon Cutler didn't make, her, make it, but like, how the fuck is Peter Avalon on the list? When he's got, he's in competition with Brandon Cutler for the most consecutive losses in the company. <laughs> and when I'm just saying, but anyway, um, back to let's just get to SmackDown. Fuck it, <laughs> I'm gonna let you tell him. You get you get to it. You you just tell oh. me what you, what you thought when you saw all of it. Well, um, first of all, l- let me let me set the scene a little bit. That I, I have to say something that I very much enjoyed is normally when you're a wrestling fan, particularly a WWE fan, and you hear contract signing, you go, oh, well, here we go. You know, now, I'm not saying contract signings are pointless segments. I've never thought they were pointless segments. Well, you it's didn't just, watch the one on Thursday with AEW and uh, MJ, MJF and uh, John Moxley. Cause that, I, I, I can only imagine. But <laughs> the, 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 the point I'm, I'm getting at with it is they had uh, Vince McMahon talk to Adam Pierce, who is effectively his assistant number one these days. Uh, I thought Barney Fife. Yes. I thought thought Vince being on TV was a very good call for this. And instead of having a traditional contract signing, they had Pierce walking around the arena all night trying to get signatures from the competitors. And I thought that was a very fresh take. You don't see that very often, if ever. It was a very different, interesting way to do it instead of just let's have them all walk out and stand around a table and eventually some kind of brawl starts. I thought that was a good call. So yeah, they had to do that again. It was really good, really well done. He had he had Adam Pierce dress up as as a postman to show up to the Firefly Funhouse to have Bray sign the contract. And what I loved about it is Bray acted like he can't sign for the Fiend. Like he's like, well, what do you? (laughs) Yeah, he was like, I'm I'm not the champion. What are you talking about? Yeah, he's yeah. like, I'm not the champion, he is. And he's like, okay, but I'll sign it, all right. And then Pierce got out of there. Then Pierce found Strowman. Strowman got hit with a chair by Drew Gulak, who blamed it on Adam Pierce. Uh, and Strowman said, I'll sign it if you get me Gulak in the ring. He went out, he squashed Gulak. I like it, the but the beautiful part about yes. that is that Braun Strowman was not booked like a fucking moron. He knew exactly yeah. who did it, and, and he went right after that person. That was beautiful right there, just because they didn't book him like an idiot. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And then uh, Pierce had to go back to Roman's locker room several times. Uh, he did not get an answer when he knocked on the door. Vince said, dude, if it were me, I would break the thing down. He's like, oh, okay. So he just went in. Roman was standing there. He said, and he said, I got to look over this first, which you never hear anybody do ever. Especially nope. from And I like knew it was Roman. bullshit because there was a Roman whole match left. Always, <laughs> yeah, R- 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 Roman, has, Roman has always been the big dog. Cool. That's the next fight. Sign. Let's go. He's always been that guy. So it was very interesting to see that. Then they had the I main event I knew something match. was up then, bro. And he said, oh, yeah, I got to yeah. read this. I was like, this nigga don't read. <laughs> 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 I mean, 
<laughs> I mean, not and, like that, but I was like, yeah, he no, ain't I never read shit. He just and then, do it and go right. And then the match ends. They come back to Roman in the locker room. He's looking over it, and he says, "Yeah, I'll sign it. I'll have the match and everything, and I'm gonna leave with my universal title." And as soon as he said, "That's not a prediction." Now I was sitting next to my girlfriend watching this with her, and yeah. I just went, "Oh my god!" And she was like, "What? What?" Because she knows. But she's not a fan like we are. <laughs> like, she kind of has an idea. And I was just like, wait, wait a minute. And he goes, that's a spoiler. And I saw him, like, looking over to the side. And I'm like, wait, is this really happening? And then they zoom out. And there's Heyman. I legitimately screamed, Sean. Yeah, me too. I screamed too. at my television. I me too, man. I couldn't I help it. Out. Because this is what you and I, in particular, have been praying for. And they're going to do it. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. He cannot just, lose. They, they also handled lose. it perfectly because you only saw Roman twice. You saw him once with about 14 minutes left to go, and he was reading through the contract. And then you saw him again for about a minute and a half, and then they ended the show. And you're just sitting there like, why must I wait till next Friday? Like you know it was, who, They did it perfectly. You know who I want to see him beat now? <laughs> It's all beautiful because it's flipped. I want to see him beat Brock Lesnar. I do. I, that was the first thing because, in my head. I said, if yep, he goes after Lesnar. Because oh. that's how you put him over. You say, oh, because Brock Lesnar gets to come back as a fucking baby face. That's amazing. Because you got heel Braun that he could beat, that could beat his ass. You got heel, heel Fiend that he could beat all as well. You just got so many options with it. Baby face Brock Lesnar, man. You really do. Well, because uh, then the, Roman only fucking one... crushes him. <laughs> like Roman gets beat down and then he fucking cheats and beats him. And I'm like, yes, he finally beat Brock Lesnar the way he always should have. Like, I can't wait to see this story play out. That's what's going to happen. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree uh, 100%. And I, I just think, because here's the deal. And the four guys that you just mentioned, there's really only one person you have to be careful about booking in that whole mashup. And that's Braun Strowman. You have to be a little bit careful with Braun because yeah. Roman <clears throat> Roman is effectively safe from harm, especially since they tried the Heyman experiment. Because even if it doesn't work, they can say that they tried it. So I feel like that's that that's something they have going on. Lesnar is completely, utterly safe. We all know that. It doesn't matter what happens to him, how he gets yeah. booked, because he's going to disappear for three months anyway. It doesn't matter. And then the Fiend does not need a championship to be himself. That's right. very obvious. So you don't have to worry about him. Strowman is the only one. And it's one of those weird situations where you don't really want the Fiend to take a pinfall. And you would love to protect Strowman if you can. Because you don't want him to be completely buried. Because they've had to build him up a couple times. And they've done a decent enough job with it. So that's, to me, that's why you have Lesnar. Because yeah. Brock will take a pinfall. As as I move Braun. You don't care. I move Braun so, to Raw. I flip Braun and Keith Lee, man. That's what I would do. Ooh, I mean, Keith, Keith Lee needs to be over on SmackDown. He really does because they need that large. But they, I guess they got another big black dude in uh, Big E, and they can't have several of them, I guess. I don't know. Well, I, I don't know. I think uh, I, I think it's that's interesting to me. That's an interesting call to flip Braun. They're, say, they're essentially so. the same character. Uh Except Keith Lee isn't silly, and to be honest, he would probably expose his shit out of Big E as far as uh, as as far as um, him him not being serious. And like I, I know, like they tried to recreate the Miz and uh, Daniel Bryan Miz yeah. uh, uh, talking smack segment with Big E and Miz, 
But, like, it's not going to work. Big E's a fucking clown, and I don't care. It was the same thing with Kofi Kingston. Like, he went back to throwing pancakes and shit. That's why people forget he was champ. Like, his reign was bullshit because he was bullshit. And and people say, oh, he wrestled Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens. That's why. Those are two former fucking heavyweight champions. What the fuck are you talking about? Like, Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, mean I, I for one enjoyed Kofi's run. I actually liked the fact that he never abandoned the New Day pancake throwing gimmick and all of that. I, I very much enjoyed all of that uh, at the same time. But at the same, but I, I do hear what you're saying as far as it did not have the impact that it could have. Yeah, he just wasn't serious. So, all he had, to, yeah. and then he had that fake Batman. Uh, oh, I got a low, I got a deep voice now. I'm gonna get you, Kevin Owens. <laughs> it was I was like, look, man, just be yourself, but you need to stand out as the champion. Like, you know, he didn't, mm-hmm. and that, it, it, you know what though, it doesn't matter because he still got the championship, and that's still gonna yeah. be on his resume. We still had another champ in there. You he know. had a longer run than than the average these days. That's definitely for sure. So, yes, I. Uh, but as far as let, let me get back to the possibility and the gloriousness that is Heyman and Roman. Um, I just I, what I love about it is there was no preface. Like Roman came back, he attacked a couple of guys, but that could mean anything. Now I, I have to admit my eyebrows were raised a little bit because when he came back and he attacked a bunch of guys. And he was saying, you know, holding up the title over the fiend, saying like, like I run this bitch and stuff like that. I was kind of like, I mean, he's always been confident, but he's never been like stand over someone else with, with a title that isn't his, like just downright arrogant. Like he's never been like just downright arrogant, and he was. And I said that was a little different, a little more heelish than we're used to. But you know, he's attacked guys before. And then he shows up, and then it's just him with Heyman. That's it. I love how there was no preface to it. He just came back, and he's just there. They yep, just he was like, this is me now. It. Yeah, they just drop you into it head first. There was no lead-up to it or whatever. So it's all that stuff. Uh, I, but, hey, SmackDown was quite the event. We got that. I love how we got another layer peeled back on Cesaro and Nakamura as tag team champions, and there might be a rift there. Uh, even though it's really not all that exciting, I do love like how they're doing a little angle with Lucha House Party because they're finally doing something with them. I don't yeah, know how I think it's going to go over. I think they're going to split up, like, enter, like, both of those groups are going through the exact same thing. A lot of rift between uh, the, the the members of those groups because, like, they just ousted Sammy. Maybe Sammy will form his own group out, out of that with Kalisto or something, but I feel like Sammy's going to be managing someone, like, Lucha House Party or something. And those well, tag titles yeah. are going to come off of Cesaro and Nakamura, and they're going to end up pushing one of those guys. Probably yeah, Cesaro. No, no, I agree. I agree. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Sami Zayn coming back with his title, claiming he's the real champion. I think that's, a, that's always an angle that I'm a fan of. I like that him going after Jeff Hardy. And I bet you, I don't know if you thought of this or not, knowing you probably did. You think ahead a lot like me. But you thought of this. Remember when Jeff Hardy got like accused of drunk driving and they said it was a person with a red hair and a red beard but they never actually said it was Seamus we all just assumed it was yeah because Seamus said it wasn't him I I know I wouldn't be surprised if Sammy Zane came out and said he did it I wouldn't be surprised that would be great that would I think be that would be a good way to go to go with that angle I, I enjoy it I think the little champions lounge segment 
with Sammy attempting to reunite was perfectly done. I think it was very, especially yeah, Shinsuke. Man. After that segment, how could you not like Shinsuke Nakamura? They was like, anyway. what the hell are you doing over here? Like, we don't fuck with you like that, though. Believe like, it or not, it, it made me think of you. You were just looking, he was just looking at him like, dude, you, you're just going to walk in. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You're just going to, you're just going to cut like, nope, come on, man. It's been four months. You didn't call me. You didn't text me. And you're just going to walk in like nothing happened. <laughs> and he was right. just and you got my at title. Like, he had his title around his arm. That he yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, it was interesting. I think it was an interesting look. So, But they had Sami Zayn came back. Paul Heyman's going to work with Roman again. Braun Strowman is officially working heel as this crazed monster because, once again, the Fiend has changed someone. It looks like the Fiend got in the head of Alexa Bliss because yes. she flipped out on sure. Nikki Cross. So it's – they're just – Vince is Vince did a little house cleaning. But here's the thing. This is – because you and I talked about this last month, maybe even longer ago when Bruce Pritchard came back in and we loved how they made it so public because it was effectively them saying, this is what we're doing. It's either going to work or it's not. They just came out and put it in front of your face. And, but you and I said that we shouldn't give up hope because when you give Vince a yes, man, it can be some of the best shit you've ever seen. Vince McMahon is not an idiot. He is this business in a lot of cases. He knows exactly how to handle it. He knows exactly what he's doing. And I think he's going to do it again. He's got a lot of big talent. He knows how to put it over. Finally turned Roman. I mean, but of course, Paul Heyman was like, let me work with him and let's get him over the way he should be over. You know, and and that's that's fantastic. But other than that, man, I don't, man, I, I, because I thought, I was like, I mean, they put him in the title match and like, there was, there was just so many things that I was like, man, it looks like they're doing the exact same thing with him, but they're not that fucking stupid for one. They they are stupid, (laughs) but. He well, had that shirt. That shirt wreck everything and leave, oh, wreck everyone and leave. I was I like, want it. I was like, that's not something uh, Roman Reigns would do. I was like, you know, he's more of a, a, a yes guy. Like he just does stuff and, and what does what he's told, and then that's it. And then when Paul Heyman, I was like, oh, it all makes sense. That's why he has the shirt on. He said, I'm gonna show up, wreck everyone and leave. And I was like, why did he say that again? You know, because yeah. the eat, sleep, conquer, repeat. I was like. You know why it, it just it just yeah. hit me, but like like you said, man. Um, I was I was I was against initially. Like initially, I was against uh, the new creative control going to Bruce Pritchard. But then I was like, well, look, if I just say it's gonna suck, it's gonna suck, you know. But that's not why I watch wrestling. I watch wrestling to enjoy it, you know. Which is why I'm glad mm-hmm. Mandy Rose wasn't on this week. <laughs> man, that uh, sucks. Uh, Didn't they get rid of hey, the wrong person? She- she, it, you know, I, I think they did. Now, first of all, I don't think that Sonya's gone. I think they're just going to repackage her a little bit. But as far as that goes, that was the best look Mandy Rose has ever had. It wasn't great, but that was the best look she's ever had. I like now, the I one think... I like the one before when she looked a little bit more like Satana Garrett in the blue and in the blue and white. I think that looked like a you know uh, regular ring gear and like her her butt cheeks weren't hanging out of it like they <laughs> always do. Like I th- I just thought it was her best ring attire, but like well, this no, is a I, good look for. I I was I, I was well I mean I mean that's that's one thing, but I was also more referring to just her attitude because the, the one thing I will give Mandy Rose is she does not know much in the way of wrestling, but you can tell she's very aware of that. She doesn't try to wrestle outside of her ability. I will give her that. Like all she knows, I throw a dang good running knee 
and I'm and, and she's pretty good at selling. And that's effectively what she does. That's about it. Yeah. Is just knees, forearms, and get your ass kicked. And I think as far as in the ring and her attitude, it was a very good look for her. I think Sonya's going to get repackaged and come back. But after that sidebar, to go back to Roman, let me tell you the ultimate crescendo of how this works. Potentially. I don't think this is going to happen. This is just my mind running wild, and I'm purely speculating. Let me make that clear. Okay. <laughs> He's working with Heyman. Maybe you haven't beat The Fiend. I don't think he'll do it this. I don't think he'll do it tomorrow, but still. You, you haven't beat The Fiend, all this good stuff. Uh, you, you have him work through that with Strowman. Lesnar coming back would be a great angle for him to beat Lesnar to get him all the way over as a heel and all that stuff, right? Roman goes on a tear, maybe even as the title, has a little bit of a run for it. Who comes back to try to make Roman who he really is, which is the good guy? You John have Cena. John Cena. Yeah. John Cena comes back, and then in the middle of the match, you have Paul Heyman do what he did to Lesnar back in 02 and low blow Roman Reigns and join up with Cena. And you finally turn Cena heel to get his 17th title reign to top Ric Flair's record. I, I, the only, only thing that makes me go against that is the fact, and Randy Orton lost. Well, he could, he could, well, no, he can't win this fucking tomorrow because damn it. See, Randy Orton was supposed to beat. Drew McIntyre. He was supposed to beat him, man. I mean, well, the reason I, I, I say that is because he sh- Randy Orton should be at 15. He should have 15 reigns. And his 16th reign should be a very short one. And that's when he's like, I'm going to go right back for the title. And But John Cena just straight up interrupts him and said, nope, I'm going to be, I'm going to get my seven, you know, my 17th title or whatever. Like, I don't know. He should, he should get yeah, like yeah, he should get fifteen. He should get he should get his sixteenth one, and that should be a very very short run. Uh, like he loses it on a, a cash in or some shit like that, right? Yeah, and, that, uh, there's your there's your perfect moment to have to have Otis and drop his and, cash. And, exactly. Yeah, you need you need Cena and Orton. Cena has to retire. Uh, I mean, J- Orton has to retire Cena, and um, Orton has to beat Cena for the fuck. He has to beat him out for Ric Flair's record. That has to that has to be all in the same fucking uh, WrestleMania. It has to yeah, WrestleMania. No, I, and it has now, to be like two think years because Cena's old as shit. Like as well, far as now, wrestling now that goes, I think about it, what you just yeah. said makes sense. It is Orton and Cena make sense because I just realized that Roman has some time left on his career. I mean, he's not a spring spring chicken. He's a he's got time left, but he doesn't have a ton of it. So as far as his career goes. Um, so I, I agree with you about Orton and Cena as opposed to the Roman angle, because if you have Cena beat Roman, even with Heyman's help and he finally turns heel as great of an, Oh shit moment as that would be, you can't ignore the fact that you had John Cena once again, bury Roman Reigns after his potentially phenomenal heel run. I you mean, can always you, you, you could. can always keep that because Roman, you know, like you could have you could have hell, you could do that. I don't want to say five years from now. That's way too long. But <laughs> you could do that because yeah. you could just have Roman stay with Heyman for a while and like let you could, in two years you could do that. You know, you absolutely could. But uh, I, yeah, it's, it's hard to. You could do it. You could at least do it without the championship. Like either way, you could have yeah. him. You can have him. You can have that happen. Uh, but yeah. yeah, like I said, I'm a, I. The only way I see John Cena career ending is with. Randy Orton ending it because 
that was his biggest rival. That's how that all happened. Like, I remember the, the Raw where they both went up against the locker room, you know, <laughs> like it was the whole yeah. locker room versus Randy Orton and John Cena. And as much as I hated it, I understood, I, I did like it for its historic purposes. I was like, all right, okay, cool. You know, the two biggest rivals taking on everyone else. It was like the Rock and Stone Cold, you know, when they yep. finally teamed together. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, we talked a little bit about Raw. We talked a, a lot about SmackDown. Uh, we didn't really go too much into NXT. Um, how do you feel about, I, I don't know if I asked you this uh, before, but how do you feel about uh, Santos Escobar and oh, uh, I'm, Legato I'm, Del Fantasma? I, I, I love Legato Del Fantasma. I think Santos Escobar has money printing all over him. I think it's a great way to highlight the Cruiserweight Championship. There's never really been a faction like this as far as cruiserweights are concerned because they attempted to do it with Enzo Amore and the freaking Zoe train or whatever it was, but that was just such a ridiculous attempt and they attempted to do it on 205 Live and it just yeah. didn't really He was click. pulling in this numbers, one, though, however, man. It was crazy. Enzo was really true. pulling in numbers. That's true. Th th this, But th this, I think, is a much better way to go about it. I love Escobar's looks. I love how the faction works. I think it's it's very much uh, it's it's just a it's a cool concept for them. I love the way that he wrestles, but I think my favorite part of it is because because I, I looked him up. Now this guy's a, he was a big deal in Mexico, and I'm not surprised. But when it comes to up here, and as far as how he's been perceived, what I love about it is they brought him in as somebody nobody's ever heard of, and then he revealed himself as somebody different, and they put the yeah. title on him. From day one, they're like, this guy is a big deal. And they're treating him like it, and he's acting like it, and he's fitting it. And I think it's just such a fantastic, it, it was just such a great way to do it. I love the Joaquin Wilde and Raul Mendoza add-on, especially for Love Mendoza, how they're using him. Love how they're using him. Because Mendoza has had like 15 different character attempts. He's never really won anything, but he's had so many singles matches where everybody remembers. Like, dude, remember when Raul had his, first round match in the cruiserweight classic against like i forget who it, it might have been like gargano or like Ibushi yeah it was somebody, no like that's that. how that's and, how i was introduced to him and, and it was fucking he was great yeah and everyone was like this guy's and and it, and it wasn't just because he was a great with the luchador style he had the attitude he had the feel about him we were like there, there's something to this cat and that's why they signed him they tried to make things with him it didn't work this is a great way to put it in uh, i like the joaquin wild edition as well so I, I think they're they're handling this very well. It seems like they're letting these three guys kind of do their own thing to some degree. And I love it is domination over the cruiserweight division. Now, part of me was hoping that they won the number one contenders match for the tag team title on the pre-show for TakeOver 30. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying they should have won the tag team titles, but if they got a shot at it, then that would open the door to, hey, these guys can do more than just the cruiserweight Well, they division. will. They will because Stop. they did open that up with uh with Brizongo. Like they've had beef. They tried to kidnap Brizongo, yeah. you know. So they got yeah. beef and they'll definitely challenge them for it. I hope they kind of hold off on it a little bit just to try to, you know, stretch well, out the story. Or, build yeah, some other people say, yeah, up. Yeah, that or just just flesh it out a little because uh Imperium dropping the titles to Brizongo last NXT tells me one of two things. One, uh it is finally some sort of validation for Fandango. Good for him. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, Tyler Breeze is once again, you know, working his way up. Okay, great. He's one of the original NXTers, and I don't think he'll ever leave. That's fine. But the other thing for me is it tells me that Imperium is more than likely going back across the pond because yep. NXT UK is going to start up again, and they want them at full force for when NXT UK starts up again. So yeah. that's fine. I got, I got no issue with that. And I think I don't. You know, and I think they should put Balor over there too. Balor and Walter started some shit, and I want to fucking see it continue. I want to. <laughs> I want to see. It. I don't give a yeah. fuck. Here's my thing. It's like, well, if we take Balor off of TV, we'll lose. Uh, you know. Um, viewers, no, you won't. Balor does not move the needle. I've seen that. Uh, he just does, especially not with me. Just well, in my opinion, consistently sure. one of the most overrated guys in I, all and, of WWE. I'm okay. I'm, I'm I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. Um, it's hard. To, it's hard for me to say. I, I do. I think Balor is overrated. Uh, I think that he has not been able to shine the way he has. In um, in in New Japan, uh, I cannot say he's overrated because Ballard kind of started everything, and no one from Bullet Club is at the bottom of any fucking thing, you know. That's like, true. You know, everybody, everybody. I, I was on, a, on one of Wade Keller's post shows, uh, and I brought it up. I said, "Man, name somebody who's at the bottom of something that's uh, in Bullet Club or associated with them." At the time I said it, uh, Gallows and Anderson had that goofy best in the world cup championship thing, but still they won a gauntlet match with some pretty damn good tag teams. Yeah. No, yeah. they handed the Viking Raiders their first loss in all of yep. WWE. They handed them their first loss over in Saudi Arabia. So, like, that's not nothing small. And they let the Viking Raiders even say, we've won titles over in Japan. I was like, whoa, what the fuck? They let <laughs> them shake. You know, like, but they they actually, I don't think they said, they might have said New Japan. They got as close as they ever did to actually mentioning New Japan by name. You know, so, yeah. I mean, ever. And they, they rarely ever do that unless somebody super big. Like, they'd probably mention, um, I don't know. Well, like, they, like, if Jericho comes back, they might mention it for him. But anyway, my point is, um, like, Balor is... Is the reason wrestling is where it's at. Um, if you had to put that square on the shoulders of, of of wrestlers, he's first and foremost because of Bullet Club. He wasn't the only person. But when he came over to WWE, you know, um, two big guys came with him, you know, being uh, not with him, but, you know, uh, AJ Styles and Adam Cole, those guys all being in, in WWE is a big deal. So, I, but anyway, uh, back to what you were saying. Uh, Finn Balor doesn't move the needle. Uh, yeah. And I think that he, but I think that he would in the UK. And the reason I think that he would is because the, 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 uh, the feud with Walter would be huge. I am looking forward to that. Very, look, very much looking forward to that. I think Balor would be able to come back over to the States you know, and 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 just kind of show off. He would be the Pete. He would be what Pete Dunn was for the UK Championship over here. Yeah. So I think I think Balor needs to go take that title off of Walter eventually, and uh, I think he needs to you lose the first one on some fluke shit. And I think the demon needs to come out. You know, and then he beats him as the demon. That's how you do Balor over there. But my question to you is. If Balor doesn't win 
uh, the the NXT Championship this Tuesday. Who does? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, as far as the NXT title, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like this, I feel like Balor, even though I agree with you, he doesn't move the, the needle. I think he is one of the safe options. Um, I think Gargano is also a safe option for them. Now, I think the best move would be to put it right back on Adam Cole. I think that would be the best way to handle it. Because um, if anybody can sit there and kowtow and kind of act like a bitch about why they lost, yet still seem like they're very good, it's Adam Cole. <laughs> um, so I think that would be your safest option as far as, as who it is. Um, but, I mean, since they're all former champions, which means somebody's going to get to win it again, I don't know. I Gargano hasn't been doing enough to justify it right now. Balor doesn't move the needle, and it would be a little bit weird to have Adam Cole, you know, win it right back again because then it seems like you're just trying to undo your booking with Keith Lee and Karrion Cross. Yeah. So that to me leaves the last participant as the only option because I can't attach anything to it as far as a bad reason to put the title on him. So yeah. why not give him another go? Uh, I, I don't, I think that would be an interesting call to give him another shot. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised they didn't put Velveteen dream in there. And I thought he was going to be I, the one to win. I'm not, not after what went down with him. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I think because he's still on the big ladder fall. They wrote him off TV. I think the reason they put him in the match is because they needed somebody who was ready to go at a moment's notice to take Loomis's spot. So they picked him and there was no way he was going to win. And I think he took the spot to write him off TV because more than likely, I think he'll probably end up getting the ax. Um, so, but I think they just did that because they needed somebody who could go at a moment's notice. Yeah, and they not makes sense. Good. So yes, <clears throat> I think, I think Champa winning again would be interesting. <laughs> I, I say, the reason I, I, I root for this, Gargano hasn't done enough to get it. That's why you give it to him to get him over. Yeah. Uh, and also with Candice LeRae, with her being healed, that's a way he can continue to hold on to it. He's going to give you great matches. So mm -hmm. you want a guy who's going to get – not that all those guys can't give you great matches, but I think Gargano is going to give you the best matches of those guys. Uh, yeah. And, and you can't do Tommaso uh, and, and Gargano again, so – Unfortunately, because man, 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 had the best feud I'd ever seen in my life. But, oh, yeah. uh, you know, you, I, uh, with Candice LeRae being uh, a heel also and Io Shirai being a baby face, ah, there you go. Now you got Gargano, now you got potentially them winning both belts like they said they were going to do. You, you can mm -hmm. actually do that with them. And it wouldn't be contrived at all because they both went quite a long way to turn heel. You know, um, Candice LeRae was just like, fuck it, I've been nice to everybody. And you got plenty of people who could pull those titles off of them. You know, you can have yeah. Bronson Reed pull the title off of them if you want to. Straight up. Yeah. You, you know, so you, I mean, you got to go with the guy that's going to give you great matches. Uh, but you can also, uh, if you need a really big match to just like compete with AEW or just put on TV, Cole Gargano title. There you go. You know, like, uh, yeah. I don't know if you have fresh matchups with Champa. 
I don't know. And plus, he I think he's more of that the fiend character. Every every show has to have that guy that's the boogeyman, like Kane, yeah. the fiend. Braun Strowman's been the boogeyman a lot where he doesn't have a title, but he'll beat your ass. You know, like you have to watch out for him. Carrying Cross, you know, he was the uh he was the boogeyman. And to be honest, part of the big problem with giving him the title was this. Now you in this weird uh state of existence, had you waited and not made the great American bash um uh, you know, had you not did that with Cole and, and Keith Lee, you could have had Cole win both titles, right? You know, uh, and that, that would have made a lot of sense. You could have had Cole win both titles. You could move Keith Lee up when you move Keith Lee up. Uh, and then you could have your ladder match now and have like Damian Priest or whatever. You know, you could have Cole drop it because Cole's been NXT champion this whole time and just wanted to prove a point. Anyway, there's a, a ton of ways you could go with it, but I think that they really booked themselves into a corner when they book the big bad. When you big, book the big bad wolf to get the title, there's nothing to be scared of anymore. Same thing with the fiend and why yeah. he doesn't need the title. You can't. Same thing with Braun. People's like, oh, I'm, I don't know why Braun has the title. I, I like Braun with the title. He deserved it. It was a long time coming. I think he was uh-huh. a pretty good champion. He did well as champion, but <sighs> I, yeah, I go with Gargano, man. Uh, you go with Champa. I go. I, I said you got to go with Gargano because you got to. Right. Yeah, you no, got to at least I, have I got, that story. I, I got no issue there. Um, the other thing is, uh, if if he's medically, if he was medically clear, I don't think he is. But if he was medically cleared, if you it has to be former champions, I would love for the match to about to happen, and then you see Tommaso Champa laid out in the back because he got attacked and he can't go, and then Samoa Joe's music hits. Now I wouldn't have him win but I would put him in the match just to show the gravity of it. And then you have Gargano go over uh, and get the pin on Samoa Joe before Joe goes back to commentary and starts screwing with Rollins on Raw. I think that would be a good angle. Now, I don't think they can do it because I don't think Joe's medically clear. Right. But if they could, that would be a great way to give a little extra oomph to Gargano because he could beat the returning hero and get the fall on him while instituting what he called the Gargano way as a heel. And then they could right. go with that. They could go with Candice LeRae if they wanted to move EO up. They could move her up. You know, all that, all this kind of stuff. So it would be. A I lot think they got to move EO up. I, it, it's you got so many people. Like, um, they don't build a good enough undercard. The mid card is is just shit uh, in the women's division um, on the main on the rank on the main roster. And uh, NXT oh, yeah. is great. It's actually great because you can see who's going to move up where. Like Shotzi moved up to the top of the mid card immediately. You know, like mm-hmm. they were going to do that anyway. But you never know how someone's really gonna take to it. But no, nah, she's golden. She's doing everything right. Uh, her wrestling has stepped up. It's gotten. She was a half a step behind. That's what happens on the indies, though. And then now she's right in step with everything. Uh, but like, if you move up Rhea Ripley, she has to win. You move up Io, she has to win. Um, yeah. But if you had some dominant people, let's say, let's let's just uh, go go here with it, Rhea. And Io are already on SmackDown. Let's say they're on SmackDown and Bailey's champ. That means when you move up Shotzi, she don't have to win because you've already got people there that yeah. are in line and have been champ and stuff. But if she move, if she were to move to SmackDown, you got Dana Brooke who hasn't wrestled in forever. What the fuck is she doing there? What the fuck <laughs> is Dana Brooke doing there? Like, what's your job? Do you wrestle? Damn, like I'm a Dana Brooke fan, so I'm like, hey, what? The, like, you're actually a good wrestler. What are you doing? 
Like, uh, yeah. she lost a lot of confidence when, you know, a bunch of stuff happened in her life. And that's unfortunate. But she was good when she left NXT. She was. She was good when she got to main roster. And then it just it fell apart. I think she's now back to what uh, close to what she used to be. And they used her last time I saw her. She got slapped by Sonya Deville. And before that, the last time she was in ring was like a, uh, a karaoke thing. I don't even think she was in the battle royale for, uh, you know, for the SmackDown women's title. So, you know, I, they got to build that up. Uh, and and, and it's, it's just weird because you can't move. You could you could move up someone from the top. You could move up Mia Yim. You know, you could do yeah. that. But Mia Yim isn't ready to just win the title like that. So yeah, no, I, I agree. Mia Yim isn't ready to yeah. win the NXT title. Yeah, no. let alone the main roster one. So I, I agree. I think it's the the the, the mid card for the women on the main roster shows isn't is an interesting, I guess, talk to have because to me. There's one of two ways to handle it. Either they do what you said, which is inevitably you have to build it up and make it a reality. You have to create some sort of mid-card, low-card situation for the women on the main roster. You have to do that. Or you double down on what you're kind of doing now, which is where you completely disregard it. But if you completely disregard (laughs) it, that means you have to have everyone in the title picture and actually make it seem like they have a shot. And it's a lot easier to build up a mid card than make it seem like there are always 10 women gunning for the title. Now, granted, this is this is coming from two guys who sat through the AJ Lee era where what they would do is just keep putting her in matches against the entire roster with her title on the line. And she would always come out defending it because she was the only one that was really worthy of holding it at the time. So it's. Yeah. Don't go back to that. We don't need to go back to that. You know what the problem is together. But. You know, either disregard the mid card or actually build one. It's probably going to be easier for you to build one. <laughs> if you have a mid card, you're going to have to have a mid card title, and they okay. don't want to give the, you know, and and I'm okay with that. People say yeah, more titles dilute the product, and uh-huh. I'm like, well, not here's here's the problem with people saying titles dilute the product. You only need one champion on both shows. I'm like, that's stupid. It's two different shows, and. There's at least two different people that are at the top. If you could give The Rock and Stone Cold a fucking title, you fucking give it to them. You don't just say one or the other, you know? Well, they, um, they did it. In 01, they did it with Stone Cold and Triple H. They, yeah. they when, when Austin was WWF champion and Triple H was Intercontinental I, champion, yeah. and then they won the tag, the tag team, team titles, title. too. Yes. And I, I mean, that's... And that's kind of what they did with uh. That's what they did with like uh. Braun. Seth did that a lot. <laughs> like yeah. he did that a lot. <laughs> he was always doing win win the championship, which goes to show they don't build their mid card up enough because he was he was taking time titles off of John Cena and Brock Lesnar. So who who was there? They got to do that. They can't make that same mistake in the women's division, which they already did. Sadly enough, I mean Mandy Rose, if she's gonna be <laughs> taken seriously, just put her to the side. And let her come up like Becky came up, you know? Sure, she's not the same type of worker, but let her come up like that. They let her get built up. Naomi fucking up. She's botching moves. Naomi botched the shit out of whatever move it was. No, no reason people should be clamoring for her to be to see more of her, for her to be on TV. Naomi is not a good 
enough wrestler. Hate to say that. It's not that she don't work hard because somebody will say, oh, man, you know, you know, she black and this. And I don't give a fuck what color she is. She don't got it, man. You know, she works very hard. I know that. I see that. Um, her promos need to be on point. They're not. They need to be much, much better. She needs to be a complete character, if you will. You know, she needs to be a solid act through and through. But she's not because when you put her somewhere, and, and you got up against Lacey Evans, who people already shit on anyway. They can say, oh, it was Lacey's fault. It wasn't. It was 100% Naomi. <laughs> she athletically botches everything she's in. We need, I don't know why, like, Lacey, give, make me a card title. Make it, make all, if you want to do this, this will be okay. Yeah. Make all the women's titles uh, brand to brand, you know, where you can float between brands. Mm-hmm. All of them. Beautiful. Makes sense, right? I'm okay with that. Because yeah. then you have the tag titles, you'll have you have all the women interacting with all the women. And you have two, you have the mid-card title. Give the mid-card title to Lacey Evans, and then you have one supreme champion of them all. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just do that. Yeah. No, um, I, I, it sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. I mean, you you all I mean, you know, I, I you can't have just a United States title and IC title on everything like you want to make the you can't have a European title with the women. I don't know what you make it, but I don't really give a shit either. You just <laughs> need to build up the mid card because it don't exist right now. They got Shayna and Nia tagging. How do you what do you think about that? Well, I mean, I, I don't mind it because of how clearly they're making it seem that they don't like each other. But it's basically Nia. They they're both looking for some gold. They both want some recognition, and they can't stand each other. But they both understand what they're capable of. So they're going to team up for the sake of getting a shot at Sasha Banks and Bailey, which is very interesting because it's not really a face heel dynamic between the, between these two teams. It's effectively annoying heels versus kick your ass heels. <laughs> That's yeah. what it is. There's no baby face part of this feud. And that can be OK. That happens quite often. If you really think about it, Austin versus The Rock was not babyface versus heel. It was trash-talking right. heel versus beat-your-ass heel. So yep. it, it's it, – now, I might be clutching at straws, but nevertheless, it's, it's how it works. So I don't mind this. Plus, it's at this, you know, quick one-week-after-SummerSlam pay-per-view that's kind of sort of thrown together and everything. But I actually like it. You know yeah, why? No, I, I don't it, have a problem it, it uses with it. Payback's name. You get it out of the way. You don't have to worry about it. You don't have to build for another month. That was the great part about it. Payback should happen the next fucking week. Payback. This is the first fucking pay-per-view they've gotten completely right in a very long time. It's like, okay, payback. I'm going to beat your ass next week. Oh, okay. Yep. <laughs> you know? Or in a couple of yep. days for some people's matter because it's like, what happened at SummerSlam? I want payback right now. I want "Quote unquote retribution." So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a quick turnaround, but this is the one that you turn turn around uh, very quickly. You know, I like it a lot um, because I, I'm hoping I'm hoping this too because a, a lot of um, NXT gets a lot of the old pay per views, all all names and stuff like Great American Bash and stuff. Mm-hmm. I want and in your house, I want them to get Judgment Day, and I want Karrion Cross to come back then. Nah, that yeah, would that, be so be a, dope. I agree that that would that would certainly be a great look for him. I agree. That's that's how you bring him back, man. You know, um, and I think you have a really good, cool, 
um, they've, they've been doing really good with their set pieces and stuff. Great American Bash was cool. It's really simple, but really clean, laid out very easily. Um, mm-hmm. I, I love TakeOver 30 and stuff like that. Uh, I, I got to say this. AEW is the one with the money, but they, they seem like more double or nothing didn't look that good. Um, I don't want to really fault them too much, you know, with pandemic era stuff, but yeah, it was just a couple of slot machines. I was like, all right, whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah. and then, um, what was the last one they just had? Fighter Fest? That wasn't, that was not, yeah, I, I, I believe it was Fighter Fest they had. They had a couple yeah. girls in bikinis. I, mean, and then, I know like, they're going to do all out on the fifth. All that has to be is. really good. So, like, they didn't have any, they didn't have any, you know, here's the thing, they set pieces don't change. You've been to all, uh, you were at all out. No, you went, I was at all out. You were at, Full gear. Right? There were a couple of them. Yeah, uh, I think but yeah, but you personally attended full gear. You you attended full gear though, right? Huh? You attended full gear. That's the one you were at. Yes. Yes. Yeah, that was the one in downtown Baltimore I went to. Yeah. Double or nothing uh was the premiere of their set. Um yep. so that's the, essentially the exact same set we've been getting. Um, Double mm-hmm. or Nothing was a little bit different, but it's not that much different than a regular set. You're the only one that got a, an actual original set. After Full <laughs> Gear, they never... But they didn't. After Full Gear, they didn't do it again. They, after yeah. Full no, Gear, well, they didn't do this it, elaborate set again. It, it's, a, it's a really easy way to save money. Because um, WWE started it. Is They just got... You know, the whole the, the gigantic video board looking set and they're like, this thing cost us an absolute fortune and it's going to take us forever to pay it off. So we're just going to use it for everything and we can do a lot with it and we don't have to actually get individual things for the set. Um, and I, you know, I who am I to fault it? You know, technology can can save you money. So who am I to fault it? But at the same time, what you're getting at is. Correct. The fans appreciate it if you go that far. Like, for example, if they brought back Judgment Day, I would actually roll out a couple burned out cars. Like, don't just put them on a screen. Make them actually be there for real. Yeah, no, that'd be dope. Uh, I just do it in the junkyard. I don't even give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Why not? I'm doing a junkyard with dogs and shit. And just like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I don't care. I'm WWE. No, I, I, I can you. fly seats here, do whatever the fuck I want. I got billions of dollars. I'll fly motherfuckers to a junkyard and say, "All right, where's the nearest junkyard? All right, everybody fly there, meet me there. We gonna wrestle in a fucking junkyard. Oh, but it might be dangerous. That's the fucking point. It's judgment day, you know. Yeah. But no, no um, I hear you. <clears throat> no, I do. I do like the rest. You know, the rested out car look. That would be dope if they did that. Um, just make everything look like it's concrete. Don't actually make it concrete, but make it look like a literal concrete jungle and shit like that. That'd be mm-hmm. pretty cool. Maybe hide a Terminator or some shit somewhere. <laughs> uh, maybe, yeah. oh, maybe they still got the rights to that. Uh, who knows? You know? Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, maybe they do. But yeah, I, I think NXT got some some really some really interesting stuff coming up. Um, it's funny how we got into the women's division because and their mid card because. That started with the Super Tuesday thing that NXT has coming up because if Gargano wins, it opens up that whole story for Candice LeRae to re, you know, reignite that uh, feud she had going with Io Shirai. And this time it actually makes sense. You know, yeah. 
beforehand I hated it because I was like, Candlestick Ray is not on the same level. So you telling this whole, it was just too great of a fucking thing for Babyface to overcome. They were too big of a skill gap. Now yeah. it's, you know, pussy heel going <laughs> up against, you know, this monster, monster Babyface. And, mm-hmm. you know, all she has to do is cheat to, to no, she's gonna, she can gain that ground with her wrestling skill and cheating and stuff too, and tell that story, whether or not it, you know, it helps or she beats EO doesn't matter. That story is a better story than, uh, Oh my God, she's a baby face. Look how cute she is. Oh my God. Oh, she almost yeah. beat EO. She was right there. I hated that story. <clears throat> now yeah. that she's the poison pixie, I'm like, perfect. And I've been, I've been saying for a while, I was like, man, could you just turn Candace LeRae so I can like her? You know, and huh. then they changed their gear. I'm like, good. Now she's got gear that make fucking sense instead of that colorful shit she had, dude. Yeah, I no, feel like I, sometimes I, they listen to us. <laughs> like seriously. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, I, I would like to think that, but I, um, yeah, I, no, I, I agree with you. I think it was a good change. I think that is a better, a better story look for it. So, because EO, you can have her work however you need her to work, and she'll, she'll look like a million bucks. So. So uh, what's your what's your final thoughts going on to uh, going into uh, payback? Dave? Well, my final thought going into payback is I would like to see a little bit of extra time for the women's tag match, but I want the focus of that to be on Shayna and Nia as dominant forces instead of the continued drama that's starting between Sasha and Bailey. Now. I understand that's inevitably going to lead to them splitting and probably some big face-off between the two of them. And I'm very much looking forward to that. But you have this one-off, throwaway, half-ass pay-per-view. Why not make Shayna and Nia look like a million dollars? You have them team up as champions, even if they don't like each other. And then you have two just dominant-type force women as champion. And now you can finally have the titles live up to that three brand standard of we're going to go everywhere. See if you can knock the big dogs off. I like that. Another thing about, uh, I know you said, you said half-assed throwaway pay-per-view. Here's what makes payback so great in a slot. It is. It's so, you know, it's at the end of a month. So you're getting two pay-per-views in the month. And and the one that would make the most sense is the one directly after the last one, where people want to get their revenge, you know. And you might you we should see a title change, like with the tag team titles, you know. We might see a couple tag team title changes, you know. Mm-hmm. The point is, they're supposed to be title changes here, or at least they're supposed to be the end of feuds here, uh, so we can move on definitively from something. And I'm glad we don't have to wait wait a month, waste a month in order for the fucking story to progress and just stretch out story. You know, uh, so I like I like where it's positioned and, and you're right. That's where you move on. You you concentrate on this story so that you could tell uh Sasha and Bailey's story, you know, throughout throughout the next month and build up to your next pay-per-view. Like that's why that that's why to me it's not a throwaway because this is what you're giving it, you're giving four weeks worth of story right here on one wrestling match 
and you could just take it without having to sit through the four weeks of bullshit segments that they stretch out, you know, and <laughs> just, you know, just a bunch of, uh, a bunch of shit filler. You don't have to deal with any of the filler. You just, but you do get, uh, you get to reap all the rewards. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, let me ask you this. What do you, do you have Roman win? No, no. I, um, how does he lose then? Uh, well, no, that, that's the thing. I, I don't know if I would have anybody lose. Uh, I think I would find a way to have it go to a, to a no finish, despite the fact that it's no holds barred. I would find another way to do that. Or I would have Braun take the pinfall because even though he shouldn't and he should continue this monster path here, I don't think you can have the fiend take a loss. I, I don't. Or you play the angle, which is that Bray Wyatt signed the contract, not the fiend. The Fiend technically yeah. doesn't have to show up for this. Well, so they, they could have Bray Wyatt they could have the Bray show That's up. Super weird. <laughs> they could. Um, but the weird part is they always have, they call him, they announce him as Bray Wyatt the Fiend. Yeah, or the Fiend, the Fiend Bray, Bray Wyatt, Wyatt. sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, I don't know. I mean, I get what you're saying, and I would... I would have never done that because I, that's exactly what I'd be doing here. I'd be like, oh, no, you, you never face the thing. You face Bray Wyatt. You know? But I, would, I think you have Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman or The Fiend and Braun Strowman. Just have it out. Let them do it. All types of crazy shit they do. Uh, and then uh, Roman waits for the right time. Boom. Pins Braun Strowman. You know, he, he spears him, pins him. He's the champion now. And then uh, you have Bray Wyatt eternally pissed off at Braun Strowman. You know, you just have him. You just had him. They got a feud for like, I don't know, a year or so. <laughs> How do you make the feud fresh? That's the only thing I'm worried about. How do you, you need more people? I get well, that. But how do you I make can, the feud? Yeah. I can jump in there. I can give you some help with that. if Because I agree with you. You have Braun and, and Bray continually feud with each other. But then I think it gets to a point where they're both so sick and demented that they decide, hey, let's join up like we used to. And then they join up like we used to. And they both come after Roman because Roman has their, air quotes, title. Well, that means Roman needs help. Well, Roman's a Paul Heyman guy. Who's the other Paul Heyman guy who can come help Roman? Brock? I don't like that. Um, Because I want Brock to be baby But I guess you could have Brock turn on uh, Roman anyway and want the title. But I I I think maybe you could take um maybe you could get AOP. Yeah, that'll be we're interesting. Talking about, we're talking that'll about be AOP because they were just with Seth too. So it wouldn't be a hop, skip, and a jump. It'd be kind of like a lateral movement. So uh and we you know he's been he's been in groups before. I think oh shit. Nope, 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 nope. I already know who he's gonna be with. The fucking his cousins, the Usos. Ah, right. he's gonna no. be. He, yeah, you had the Usos do his dirty work, man. You know, um, that's pretty pretty simple. I think you gotta throw someone else in there though, like a little guy, like a uh, yeah, um, you need a you need a not a luchador, but you need someone in the cruiserweight division. Someone who like if Tazawa was over there, he'd be perfect. But mm-hmm. um, a small guy, who's a small cruiserweight that can just go over there, do what he needs to do, and take pinfalls like. But still credible enough in the ring. I mean, um, shit, that's everybody. But like, <laughs> we need a specific guy in the cruiserweight division. Now, this this is your homework assignment. Everybody I'll, listening I'll look to into you, 
we need one guy to put in there because it's got to be like four people. Like Austin Theory's back on NXT, so it can't be him, you know. And that was not too weird, but at least he got some shine. Got you know, got to go to WrestleMania, and now he's back there building himself up the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, who did? Not Cedric Alexander. Um, huh. cr- cruiserweights, cruiserweights. Come on. I, I, it can't I mean, be that I mean, hard. T- I mean, technically, you can put the mask back on him, and I know he can't be Prince Puma, but you could have some other version of Ricochet. Yeah. You, yeah, you, you could, could do, do Ricochet. That. I mean, that's but they're gonna break him and Cedric Alexander up. I think one I think Cedric Alexander do better as a heel, and I've heard he's got a tremendous heel character. Uh, oh, but, well, yeah, you, you need to put him in the hurt business yesterday. Yeah, he's yeah. going to be in there, and they, they've yes. been working that angle. So maybe you do just have him beat the shit out of Ricochet. Ricochet <laughs> but, like, yeah. Ricochet would be selling, too. He'd be selling like crazy. But I, I, you definitely need a cruiserweight guy who's credible, that can take pants. Tony Nese. Oh, yeah. No, that you're right. There's the call. Tony right Nice. Yeah. I knew I was going to get there. You got to change <laughs> his look up, but Tony fucking Nice, man, because he's yeah. fucking legitimate. He he would be your buddy Murphy. You you yeah. just take fucking Tony Nice and you make him say, go out there and just have good matches with people, just lose at the end. That's it. Go out there and hit the yeah. best match ever and fucking lose. Yep. <laughs> you know? You're, you're going to get to be on the same stage as Roman and The Fiend and Braun Strowman and guys like yeah. Lesnar. And you're and we're gonna give you the the free reign to look as good as you could ever want to look. You just gotta be the guy that takes the fall. <laughs> that's yeah, I mean that's that's what buddy that's what buddy Murphy's doing. He's been doing nothing but losing, but when he won, he he was winning. I shouldn't say nothing but losing because he lost to he lost all his single stuff to uh well, Alistair to, to Black. Black. Well, he won well, the title, but he won he, the title. The thing about Buddy though is the amount of time. He's spent under Rollins' wing with the Monday Night Messiah gimmick as the disciple. They don't have guys be that long of a subsidiary to somebody unless there is some kind of bigger plan for them. Like, but like there has to be something for Buddy, or maybe they're trying to figure it out. But the fact that they haven't had him abandon it, because what that tells me is they believe that there wouldn't be any shock value in him doing it right now. So they're yeah. waiting for that shock value, but it also shows that they don't feel like buddy needs a shock value moment to be that guy. And I like, no, he's good. Positive. He's perfect. Yes. He's good. He doesn't I, I like need he that to be that moment. It's not like, for example, to bring something back, you know, be, and I'm, this is in my head because he's going to debut on September 4th in new Japan. Uh, he used to wrestle as Darren young, but when, when the primetime yeah. players were together, and they had their little bit of a pop. They thought that shock value was necessary. So they had Titus turn on Darren Young. And it happened very quickly, and it was completely unnecessary. But they thought that yeah. shock value is what Titus needed to have some kind of a run, and they couldn't have been more wrong. Like, if Buddy just randomly attacked Seth at some week, everyone would be like, okay, cool, but there's no logical way you can follow this at this moment. Like, you have to have something you know, in the pipe for him at least. So right. to me, the perfect dream is that there is no moment like that. And Rollins legitimately like sets him free to do like his own recruiting. Like, Hey, I got you traded to SmackDown to spread my message. 
or something. Yeah, and I definitely want to attempt to be a star on SmackDown. So I definitely want to see uh, a faction that spans across all three brands, even if it's not very big. Like if it's just like two guys in NXT and they're just a tag team, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, like the main group is in uh, on Raw and then SmackDown has like three of them. Like, I really want to see that because that's a very strong group. If you can keep them together, you know, uh, like I really I really wish I mean, New Japan should never do this, but I wish they would. They could actually I would lease the name Bullet Club to WWE. I said, yep, I'll lease it to you for like, I don't know, five years. Who gives a fuck? But mm-hmm. you got to pay me money for the name because that's a big name. It's huge. Well, and then well, you can you, do a crossover event if you want. But I, I, I get why they won't do it. It'll never happen. But like, that's the type of place where I, that's the type of uh, thing I would do it with because that well, legitimately happened. There's framework for a potential one right now that, I mean, the framework isn't there, but the pieces that are in place could have it be there. Uh, as as far as as that goes, now here now just bear with me here, because on SmackDown you have the Lucha House Party, who is apparently on the verge of breaking up, but they're there. On yeah. Raw you have the combination of Andrade and Angel Garza, and you even have Rey and Dominic Mysterio there. And then on on NXT you have Legado del Fantasma. There is a potential for you to have this sort of masked army. That could be across True. all three brands that could work with each other. I think I think you got to bring Ray down. I think you bring Rams, uh, Ray Mysterio Dom- and Dominic down to uh, NXT. I think it's perfect. He gets to work re- like in the school with NXT. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he gets to work, you know. And I think Ray Mysterio gets to defend the Lucha Honor and all that shit. I think it's perfect. I think you move Humberto uh, down to NXT too. You just have all those guys working that same angle like that. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's the best way you do it. You don't, mm-hmm. or at least move Humberto over to like to where Lucha House Party is. I think he's just out of. I think he's just out there working, but he's out of. Uh, you know, he's just not in the right space for his character. I don't. Well, for for me, I think the concept is you you have you attempt to have groups of three, uh, or four everywhere. I think four would probably be your best bet. So I agree with you. I think if you bring uh, Mysterio down to NXT, then he could be the Ipso Factor, uh, mostly mouthpiece, sometimes wrestler, much like MVP is for the Hurt Business, um, for for Santos Escobar and company on NXT. Then on Raw, I think you have one of the members of Lucha House Party defect. Let's say Kalisto is the one who leads. Yeah, and he, he goes over to Raw and teams up with Dominic who kind of gets his dad's blessing to be the boss. And he runs things with Humberto and Kalisto. And then on SmackDown, you have Metalik, uh, you have Metalik and Lince Dorado, along with Andrade and Garza with Zelina Vega as the mouthpiece. And I think yeah. if you pull that, you, there is a way you can pull that one off. I think that yeah, is they, very possible. They're doing the, uh, they're doing the draft. There, there were rumors, talks of a draft coming very soon, like right after payback. I don't know how long after, but I do like a draft where they need to they need to switch a few people around. The hurt business is good where they are and stuff like that. Keep all the black people over there. Um, but you need to do something else with some other people, man. Um, 
although Bobby Lashley's perfect to keep there in case something happens with Drew or in case something happens with uh, Gordon. Or if they need another top guy, he's the guy that can be, you know, top heel. He's always there. So I think you got to keep Bobby Lashley where he is firmly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but SmackDown needs fresh, new talent. Like, uh, someone's going to have to go up against, um, you know, uh, Roman Reigns when he wins this thing. And he's got to be a, a big-time babyface. He's got to be credible enough, you know, like a Kevin Owens. I think Kevin Owens, perfect, you know, have him mm-hmm. lose Alice to Black or something. Have him. I think Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns would be great because Kevin Owens can work with him very well. And he on the mic, you know, he'll be able to lead him to where he needs to be. I think that's beautiful. Kevin Owens and, uh, and, and Roman Reigns. So move Kevin Owens back to SmackDown. You absolutely need somebody who can talk over there, you know? And you're going to need somebody. Yeah, no, I agree. You need credible for somebody credible for Big Lee. I mean, a big not Big Lee, Big E to uh, <laughs> to beat on his way moving up. You know, you need credible people in there. So move Kevin Owens. Um, man, uh, but you gotta you gotta move somebody else too. You need another really good baby face to move over there. Like I don't. No, know. I, I agree. Or you move somebody I think that's up. That's the right way. Yeah, you could do that too. I agree. Who who would you move up? Maybe okay. Here's the thing. Maybe this is where you move Adam Cole. If he loses, there's nothing else for him in NXT to do besides like kind of grow his, you know, his a uh, you know a babyface character. But like you can move Adam mm-hmm. Cole to SmackDown, and he'll be the guy that's supposed to dethrone Roman Reigns at some point. You just have him get his ass kicked at first, you know, <laughs> just have his ass kicked. But yeah, a year later, we're at the same place, and it's WrestleMania. It's like, all right, I got my ass yeah, kicked. Yeah, I. Before. Well, I've yeah. long suspected that Adam Cole is going to be the one that gets the torch passed to him from Roman Reigns. He's I've Shawn long Michaels. suspected that he's going to be yeah. it. So, yeah, Triple I wouldn't H be surprised. Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels says he's Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Shawn Michaels says he's Shawn that he's Shawn Michaels. Like, that's, all, mm-hmm. that's who he is. Because you know, everybody brings up, that's why. That's exactly why they brought up the, the Pat McAfee uh Match, by the way, was fucking brilliant. That was one of the oh, best matches I've ever seen, period. It was great. There's no way. No way. And that's, that's, it, that's the best. Uh, and it's crazy because it was on some, it was at SummerSlam weekend when Dominic had his first match, which was mm-hmm. excellent. It was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, D- think D- about D- it. Dominic's got, got a, Dominic's got himself quite the future in this business if he keeps it yeah. up. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and now granted, these guys were wrestling literally two of the best in the business. Like, oh, I would sure. put it. One and two, and it don't matter which one's one and two, because of the year Seth had beating Brock twice at both of the major pay per views, back to back WrestleMania, then uh, SummerSlam. I gotta get the edge to Seth Rollins because he was all he also dual wielded championships, you know, uh, that same year. Uh, if, if it wasn't, he won the Royal Rumble, beat Brock, beat Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, and then he beat him at SummerSlam. If I'm not, and then he dual wielded the, the tag team championships. Uh, and then the uh, then the universal title, and I think that same year, he had the uh, intercontinental title and the tag team titles. Yep. Oh, no, he's had, he's had he's had he's so, had himself uh, quite the year so far. So, That's but I have. But anyway, you know, um, you know, and then Adam Cole, he had a hell of a year as well. You know, just his <laughs> crazy, but. 
when you got those two guys working with you for your debut match, you're going to do well anyway. Like, you can't fuck up. You literally mm. cannot. They won't let you. It's impossible. But um, I got Adam Cole being the, the way he was presented um, mm-hmm. as the, oh, he's a little man. You know, like, you could tell that was a straight up Vince thing. Like, oh, just call him short. Just throw a bunch of short jokes. <laughs> That's what they do to you on main roster. That was the that's the biggest main roster thing I've ever seen on NXT. Having his heel just talk shit and talk down to Adam Cole and then make him look like a bitch because he knocked him out, even though it was a, you know, a, it was straight up uh, sucker punch or sucker kick. Yeah. You know, dude, uh, the way the way they presented it was straight up main roster, and I, it was kind of like a a test where I'm like, hey, Adam, are you gonna be able to do what I need you to do? Are you gonna do do what you need to do as the top guy in the business, which is put this heel over, even though he isn't as good as you. Like I'm not not just as good as you, but like this guy's never even wrestled before. Can you do that? You know, like that's the type of shit Vince throws at you. Like, hey man, you never know. Like I'm business might shift to where I need to put this person on top. Can you do it? Can you sell for him? You need to be able to sell for the lowest man and the highest man because you always gonna sell for the highest guy. You need to sell for the the guy at the bottom too. You know, a lot of yeah. people don't look at the psychology of what Vince is actually training you to do, you know, and they say, oh, no, it's just because he hates this guy, that guy. He didn't hate Adam Cole, you fucking clown. He <laughs> wants Adam Cole to be like he gave Finn Balor the Universal Championship. Her to show that it, it happens. Right. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. it happens. You know, and, and he well, don't. Sure. He don't. Yeah. Well, the thing about Vince is, I mean, when it comes, if you want to bring up Finn with Vince, he called Finn out in a promo on Raw when he was standing in the ring with all these other guys. And he just goes, there's all hey, this there's, beef. Uh, uh, he, he goes, there's all this beef, man. How are you going to pull this off? Like, he, he literally said out loud what everyone has always thought was Vince's yeah. deal. He just admitted it on live television. I like 6'5", 260 plus. And I'm that's glad he that's did my it. champion. Yes, exactly. Because he made it very clear to everybody. So... Because he did, he did it with Daniel Bryan and, and John Cena, you know? Yep. A B-plus. Like, here's the thing. People say, oh, he's a B-plus player. Like, how the fuck is that a not a compliment? Oh, he's <laughs> not a top guy. B-plus? fuck is you talking about? I wish I could, you know, have B-pluses on every fucking paper I get. <laughs> B-plus is well beyond passing. Like, it's fucking good. Really good. It, it may not be great necessarily, but it's really good. I'd say a B-plus is great. And the mm-hmm. A... It's great, obviously. B plus is really good. Really good is fine. It's right below great, you know. Mm-hmm. But at, yeah, at, like you say, uh, I suspect Adam Cole is the guy. The way he was presented yeah. when uh, Vince wasn't there and Triple H got to run SmackDown and Raw, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when when they were stuck over in Saudi Arabia, that was the test run. It was like, if you're gonna do my job, show me what you're gonna do. And Shawn Michaels was there because they were all producing the show, you know. But mm-hmm. tri- Triple H and Shawn Michaels were there. And when Adam Cole came out, I go, that's the future. I say Daniel Bryan's in, 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 uh, endorsing him too. Seth Rollins is endorsing Adam Cole. Like, we all see what's happening. The changing of the guard that will happen will be from Vince to Triple H and, and from whoever to Adam, from Roman Reigns to Adam Cole. You know, yep, they'll, they'll exist in the same space, but you know what I mean. Like, uh, cause well, the, the other thing that I would. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I, I agree with you about all the, the torch passing. I want there to be another torch passing. Now, it's probably not going to happen for a couple years. 
but I want it to be one of those pay-per-view big, big match moments. I want there to be a torch passing because Becky Lynch never really got the torch. She kind of took it and she's really not the one who's going to be able to pass it anyway. If anyone's going to be able to pass it, it's going to be Charlotte Flair who's going to pass it. But that's what I mean. I want the women to have that moment uh-huh. is I want Charlotte to lose to somebody at a big event and raise her hand and be like, she's next. Cause the women have never had that moment. That's never happened. Well, they've never been on top so, like that. No, but, I, the, I but that's the point is, is now they are. And I, I think, think it has to be all. I of think them. it's justified. I think it's justified now. I think it has to be all of them. I think that's the thing about it. Although they didn't do it at the same time. The four horse women are the are the the foundations of all of it. It's not to say yeah. AJ Lee didn't do what she did, but like they're using them as the building blocks. When mm-hmm. Becky and Charlotte are gone, they take Bailey and Sasha without heads of fucking tating. Yeah, they, they gave them all the gold. <laughs> they, keep, they literally gave them Becky and Charlotte's spots and their mm-hmm. spots, as well as holding their own spots. They say, "Here's Becky and Charlotte's too. Hope you yep. can do it." You know, they didn't even, yep. they weren't even hope you could do it. It was like, we know, we know, you know what you're doing. That's, that's what people don't really look at when it comes to the psychology behind WWE. They say, oh, they, this person wasn't used right. And that person wasn't used right. And I'm like, man, if something go wrong, you'll be the man like a motherfucker in a second. You know, if somebody get yeah. hurt, you're the man. Look at Kofi Kingston. If just one thing's out of place, it could all come down to you. And when oh, Kofi yeah. Kingston, when Kofi Kingston got his, his time, it was all great, you know. It was like cool, like that, that, you know. That's 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 exactly what we needed. And now that Sasha and Bailey really are getting their time in the sun, they really are, you know. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and they went from this big story where they had all the gold to where it's just gonna be Bailey, and then Sasha's gonna end up beating her, or maybe I don't think she's gonna beat Sasha. I don't think Sasha's gonna be Bailey for that championship. I think someone else is gonna get it. Maybe like. Lacey Evans, or, like Elimination Chamber, something, I think someone else will get it. And then mm-hmm. uh, they'll just have their own feud without the title because I don't think they need a title. Um, they never. No, I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I uh, agree. Yeah, I, I think it's better without it because you could just you get two matches instead of one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, yeah, that passing of the torch has to be from like all four of them. It's really yeah. odd how it's going to happen, but it has to be. You're right. Charlotte definitely has to lose to somebody and say, you know, she's next in line. Becky's probably going to anoint Shotzi Blackheart. You know, that's we all know Shotzi is the new Becky. We, mm-hmm. It's not just the colored hair. It's, it's just how it's going to be. Uh, but, yeah, I don't I don't know who, who those other people are. That's that's something we're going to save for later mm-hmm. and think about who they might even pass the torch to. Can you even like if they brought in Tessa, is that even passing a torch to her? She's like, no, I, I. No, I, I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about uh, somebody who maybe who maybe made her her way up. Where like my, my first pick would probably be Rhea. Is the, it's like you mentioned the the elimination chamber. So it'll be from all of them, right? You have an elimination chamber women's match, uh, and you have all four of the four horsewomen with Rhea Ripley, and then you pick somebody else who is effectively, you know, the one who's there for the spot, right? You have somebody who's there for for something crazy, and you have the match go over however it goes over. But Rhea hits a riptide on Charlotte to win the match, and then you have all four four horsewomen 
like do what Cena did to Roman and they all raise their hands and they all point at her and they're like, absolutely, like she's it. And I think that would be only with no booze. That's how you could go about that. (laughs) Well, I think, uh, I think that's about it. I think that's when we wrap things up. All Um, right. Any final words? Uh, uh, well, my, my only final words are this is Sporticus and you have been sports entertained. Sporticus is now on Patreon. We have three tiers. $1, $2, and $5. You can get things like bonus episodes, chat forums, polls and voting, live stream Q&As, monthly giveaways, and fan recognition. Become a patron today.